episode 207 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. Wow. It's, I'm starting to lose track of how many episodes we've done. I know it's crazy because I can just look back next week, but like just off the fly like this, it's getting difficult. There's just been quite a few episodes and we thank everybody for being a part of it for this long. But uh, episode 207, we are still in the deer camp series. We are in the heart of deer season. Um, and Tom has just been absolutely laying it down. I tell you what, it is very dangerous to be a deer in the woods with Tom walking around. There's, it's just a scary, scary time to be in the woods if you were a deer. Um, so anyway, obviously that's going to spoil a little bit. We got Tom back on. We're going to call this the uh, two for one special with Tommy Cat. So we hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun to record. Little, uh, just a one-on-one here for the first time in a long time, but we had a good time. We hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to quit rambling and let's get tuned in to this week's episode. truck and when I slammed the door I heard gobbles all around me Alaska moose spot and sock that is the bucket list I agree Thanks for tuning in to another installment of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. It's a ghost town in here tonight. It is. It's a little light. Just uh, me and my brother Nick bringing you in for tonight's episode. That's right. And as you guessed it, we're still in the heart of deer season. So we're coming at you with another deer camp series. Yeah, this is a kind of a two for one special tonight. Yeah. Buy it- one, get one free. And was it was it you, Nick? Nope, was not. So if and it uh, couldn't have been Frank because he canceled and didn't know it was Wednesday. I know he won't listen to this, so we can talk all the smack we want. Yeah, absolutely. So it was uh, me again, Tom, mm. coming in with number five and number six on the year, all in Yeesh. one shebang. It's been a been a heck of a ride this year. Yeah, I set out a mission to fill the freezer, and I'm well on my way. I would say. Unfortunately, one of the six deer had a bad case of gangrene. So, still oh got, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, still got five in the freezer, which should be plenty good to feed myself, and my wife, and maybe give a little bit to my brother that doesn't hunt or my uncles that don't hunt. So, yeah. Anyway, like I said, or like Nick said, two for one deal, buy one get one, and this particular story takes place up at the Morrison farm. We've talked about it on the podcast before. It's one of the best places to go for deer hunting. In my opinion, it's just always good bucks up there to chase a bunch of does. I've been going up there. Well, heck we've been going up there since we were probably been about 14, 14, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there years uh, of hunting. Yeah. But we've been going up there since probably 20, 
Yeah, when we were little kids. And I had two days left vacation. So I took off Friday, which was December 1st, and Monday, which was December 4th. And I headed up to camp Thursday night. My plan was to hunt Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday morning, and then drive home. So I get up there Friday. Thursday night. Thursday night. I get on stand Friday morning, and I'm hunting. We have an elevated box blind that overlooks this field that a lot of deer have been coming into in the evenings. And my goal that morning was I just wanted to get a doe and get some more meat in the freezer, start the trip off right. Well, it gets to about 10 o'clock, and I haven't seen a deer yet. And I had packed myself a couple sandwiches, some drinks, granola bars, the works, and I had planned for an all-day sit. Well, I get a text message from the camp owner, Ed, and he sends me this buck down on another part of the farm that came out at 5.30 the night before. And this was a buck I definitely wanted to shoot. And I look at the weather, and there's a big storm rolling in at like 7 o'clock that night. So I'm thinking maybe with this front coming in, that buck's going to get up on his feet a little bit earlier. I just needed him to come out, you know, 30 minutes before he did the night before. And I thought, you know, maybe this front rolling in is going to get him on his feet early enough for me to get a shot at him. So I decide I'm going to pack up. I packed up about 11 o'clock and went back to camp, ate a sandwich, and was back on the newsstand by noon. What happened to all the sandwiches and granola bars and stuff you packed for your all-day sit? Well, I had one in the morning, and then I took one out of my bag while at camp, ate that at the table, and then I still had, I got back on stand at noon, so I ate another one around 3 o'clock. Gotcha. And right after I put that sandwich away, deer started filtering into the field. I'm like, perfect. It's three o'clock, two hours of light left. Like deer already moving. That buck's coming out tonight. So I saw probably 15, 16 doe and one small buck. And looking back, like I I should have shot one of those does, but I was pretty convinced that this buck was coming out early. Yeah, you had a, you were... 100% 100% sold, that buck's going to come right out. Yeah, he never did. I never shot one of those does. And but I had a great hunt. Could have shot multiple, but I was after that one specific buck. Never showed. So I get down at dark, head back to camp, pull up the weather for the next morning hunt, which would have been Saturday. And it was pretty much rain all day. So I decide, you know what, I'm going to hunt another blind, keep myself out of the rain. And I get in another elevated blind on a different part of the farm. Same thing, 10 o'clock, have not seen a deer yet. I'm like, man, they are just not not moving in the mornings. So I head back to camp. And my buddy Keith, he rolled in. He's been on the show. And he already got a really nice buck up at that property. So he was up there on a doe management hunt. And we put a game plan together for the evening. He was going to go sit in the stand I was in the night before. And I was going to hunt another field. And we were both shooting does. So we get on stand about 2 o'clock. 
and the fog rolls in. And I mean, it is thick. And there's a little drizzle. And I took a picture and you could not see more than 70, 80 yards. It was bad. And I'm like, man, I'm gonna, this is kind of like a archery hunt now. I'm going to have to get them in close to even be able to see them to get a shot. And about 3 o'clock, when the deer started moving the night before, they started moving again this night. And I looked behind me, and I got this doe cutting across the buckwheat field at, you know, 50 yards. And I can see her pretty well. And how this field is set up is... It's pretty much surrounded by thick, nasty bedding. And I, so I'm not really... Which, which stand were you in? I was in that uh, hang-on in the hedgerow that me, you, and Keith hung on the upper limb. Mm, yeah. South of the corn stand. Yeah. Um, and I had shot a doe out of this stand the year before that ran into the bedding. Didn't want that to happen, so I put it right on the front shoulder, squeezed the trigger, and she went down and inside 20 yards. She was laying right out in the middle of the field. I'm like, perfect. So texted Ed. I said, hey, just got a doe. If another one comes out, you want me to take that one too? And he said, absolutely. We need, we need does off the farm. So I'm sitting there, and about half hour later, I look back, and there's this deer, a doe, standing over top of the other doe I had laying in the field. And I said, that is not a good place to stand. Yeah. So I pull up on that doe and pull the trigger. She runs maybe 30, 40 yards done right in the field. And I'm like, perfect, two doe. Not shooting another doe. Yeah. If I got, you know, half hour till it's dark, if a buck comes out, yeah, but two does mm-hmm. enough. And then I get a text from Keith, got a doe. I'm like, all right, we're... We had some work cut out for us tonight. Mm-hmm. So we head back to camp and have a celebratory beer and kind of just chewing the fat a little bit. And we decided, Did he know that you shot two at this point? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you were going to wait until you got out there to tell him. No, I mean, we were hunting not far apart. I think he heard the two shots. Gotcha. So we decided, all right, time to get these deer taken care of. So it was actually really convenient. We just got in the Kubota side by side, drove down to the lower limb part of the farm, picked up Keith's doe, drove back up, collected my two. I actually, when I climbed out of the stand, I drug him across the field uh, onto the tractor trail, which was only a 30-yard drag. Yeah. So I had him right on the trail, drove right up to him with the Kubota, loaded him It's like him going up. grocery shopping. Yep. yep. Picking up a gallon of milk. And we drove over to... Uh, what we call Coyote Alley. It's kind of a spot where nobody really hunts, and that's where we got all the deer. And I'm not proud to admit this, but there was conveniently a pair of those long plastic gloves that go all the way up to your shoulders. Mm. Sitting you sit on, when you pee now, huh? They were sitting on the workbench, and they were just like, there was. it almost looked like a ray of sunlight just coming down and just like illuminating these long yeah, you gloves. Sit when you pee. So like I said, I'm not proud to admit it, but I threw those babies on. There was only one pair and 
I told Keith, I said, hey, I'm going to get my two out. I got these gloves on. I said, if you want, I'll do yours too. It's no big deal. So I showed Keith, I call it Tom's five-minute gut job. And I tell you what, it honestly, three deer gutted in 20 minutes. Was it wasn't too bad? You say that's more of like a six and a yeah, six minutes forty five seconds, something like that. But there's there's a little lag time in between each one. You know what I mean? Because you gotta get the one out of the way and you talk for a little bit, and then you and get the six other minutes one. and forty seconds or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> close enough. So we get all three deer gutted out, brought back up to the barn. We have a big John Deere tractor with the front end loader, and we hung three. What are those triangles called? There's a name for them. Uh, gambrels or yeah, one of the triangle hooks you hang deer from. I think it's like a gambrel or something. Yeah, we hung, leave it in the comments, right, Tom? Yeah, hung three of those on the front end loader on the tractor. Got all three deer up and got the hides off. And it was cool enough that night, so we decided we were just going to let them hang. Cut the tenderloins out, went back up to camp, cooked up all six tenderloins, had ourselves some steak sandwiches. Oh, they were good. They were good. And then we looked at the weather, and Sunday morning was a lot of rain. Yeah. So I told Keith, I said, hey, I've hunted two mornings, haven't seen a deer, and it's looking like rain tomorrow. I said, we can either say now we're going to skip the morning hunt and have ourselves a good time tonight, or we can try and hunt and we'll both sit in a bl- in a blind in the morning, stay out of the rain. And he said, well, if you ain't seeing deer in the morning, there's no point in going out. I'm like, all right, fair enough. So we skipped the morning hunt. Had a good time Saturday night. Woke up Sunday morning. I actually woke up about 8.30. That was probably the latest I've slept in. In a long time. Felt good though. Yeah. So we woke up, had a cup of coffee, kind of cleaned up camp a little bit. Keith got his deer loaded up. He had to head home. And we put some driveway markers in because snow's coming. And then Saturday afternoon, or I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon, I decided, you know what? I've been hunting the fields. Haven't seen a good buck in the fields. I'm going to, I'm going to go into the woods. So I take my climber down to by what we call the gully stand. And within this stand, within 100 yards of this stand, there was four or five fresh scrapes. So I'm like, all right, this is the spot. So I get set up. Don't see anything Saturday night or Sunday night. I'm sorry. And I'm like, I, I got I to hunt here again. So what I decided to do was leave my climber at the bottom of the tree. So that forced me to have to go in there Monday morning. I hate leaving my stand in there. Why? Because you wake up the next morning, wind's wrong for that spot. What do you do? Well, that was a risk I was willing to take. And so I woke up Monday morning, went back to that spot, never saw a deer. And by that time, I was a little bit burnt out. I'm like, man, I've been hunting hard since Thursday, not seeing a lot of action. So actually, I climbed down. I got out of the stand early, probably about 9 o'clock. Went back, got camp all cleaned up, packed up on the road by a little after 10. 
Then I start driving home and I get about halfway home and I realize I got to drive right by our climber farm. So I decide I'm going to hunt there Sunday night or Monday night and then head home from there. So I get on stand Monday about two o'clock and I just see a pile of does and fawns. Never saw a buck come out. I was hunting a field. I figured they'd be hitting the turnips with the cold front. And they were. They were definitely eating, but the bucks were not moving. I don't know what the deal was. But anyway, yeah, that was my that was my four day hunt. That was a good good uh good weekend for you for sure. Oh yeah. Um I hunted all weekend but just we got a ton of rain and all I saw were just does and button bucks and just nothing to nothing to really chase. We got one more weekend. By the time you're listening to this episode Monday, I'll probably already have my third and final buck tag filled. So That was your goal this year. Yeah. So I gotta ask. I I know what you're gonna ask, and I'm telling myself right now, no, I'm not gonna shoot a spike or a four point. But we'll see what happens if it's Sunday night, closing time. Bartenders are starting to shut the it's lights off. Closing time. It's, Tom's gonna have that plan in his yeah. song or in his head. Is, is it you that always plays it at the bar before we leave? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna be playing that all day Sunday. Just I, I. It wouldn't shock me if it eight o'clock Sunday morning, bang, we walk up and it's a spike. We'll see. I just feel like you should just be real with the listeners. I don't know. Because, like, you're acting like, no, 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 I won't. But, yeah, you will. I, I truly, I don't know. That means it's already a yes. It's, 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 it is a thought. Like, it, if I asked you if you were attracted to men, your answer would be no. Correct. You wouldn't say, like, if, if you said, I don't know, you're gay. Not right. that that's a problem, but you're gay. So if you're sitting here saying, I don't know if I'm going to shoot a spike, you're going to shoot a spike. There ain't no problem with it, right. but you're going to do it. 8 o'clock Sunday morning, probably not. Yeah. Well, Maybe 8.30. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you heard it here first. I'm calling it. Yeah. I don't know. Duh. I, I think I did say... Three decent bucks. We'll have to go check tape. Yeah. I mean, decent is perspective, though, isn't it? Yeah. So. Anyway. Well, Tom, I thank you for uh, providing another week's worth of Deer Camp Series. Yeah. A couple spoilers, I guess, we'll give away. Um, Frank may or may not have his first episode of of the season coming. Oh, second. His climber dough. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Man, I, I keep messing these up. But, yeah, so Frank may or may not have another one coming. And then we've actually got three big deer um, in in the group uh, that we're going to be talking about here pretty soon. Um, so we look forward to sharing those stories with you guys. We hope you guys enjoy them. Um, but the season's not over, so get outside. <laughs>